You know, one of the most important things that people who are successful do that unsuccessful people often do not do is to ask for help. It's not only biblical, it's just a smart thing to do. Hey, Dr. Randy here from the Intentional Living Center, and today we're going to talk about the power of asking for help. Now, what does that mean? How do you do that? Maybe you're a person that doesn't care to do that. It's uncomfortable for you to do that. You think it's weak. Uh, You know, one of the things we've learned in our Western culture is to pull ourselves up by our own bootstraps. And in the process, I think sometimes we miss the powerful, beautiful, well, the intentional living of being able to share with others when we have a need and also sharing with others when they have a need. So we're going to hear those stories today. And we'd love to hear your comments on our comment line at 888-888-1717. That's 888-888-1717. You know, today's program is one of our best from our archives because we had some powerful callers. I think it'll be very encouraging to you. In fact, I thought we could get started with Chad from Arizona. And so Chad, let me uh, welcome you to the program. Um, you know, I understand you and your wife are dealing with some money issues. Let's see if we can help you out a little bit. Uh, so go right ahead, my friend. Tell me what's going on in your life. Well, I'll tell you that uh, my problem is getting my my angel to save money or, or to want to save. You know, we've been uh, together for, for eight years, and I'd hate to say she's not good with money, but she's a giver. So... As much as I'd like to, my experience is saving money, and as much as I'd like to save even a little bit, just the look in her eyes when she gives it away is something that's hard to overcome. Yeah. And so how old are you guys? Um, I'm 46. Let me ask, how much do you have saved for the future? Nothing. So uh, nothing for the future, and you want to save how much? Uh, as much as possible. I, I mean, in my in, before we were together, uh, and she's ten years younger than me. I saved, you know, in the, in the tens of thousands, and now we're we're kind of week to week. So you got together, and now the money you saved is gone. No, not the money I saved. It was I, I'm I'm a saver by heart, but and just naturally. But since we've been together, we've been un, unable to save anything. Mm, yeah. Hey, listen, I would. Uh, listen, we got some people who want to help you, Chad. I'm going to get to Mary, Mary Ellen and Valerie have already called and said, "Hey, I want to be, I want to give some help." We'll get to your calls in a moment. I will add this: when we ever we say we've been unable to save, we're really saying we're choosing not to save. We just got to take responsibility. All all people get a certain amount of money that comes in, or most people, and we either choose to save some of it or not. We choose to give some of it or not. We choose to live on the difference or we don't. It's a decision we make and. And so I think the message is understanding that we approach money differently sometimes as husband and wife, but the decisions we make are our responsibility. And so, Mary Ellen, what do you think? Uh, what, what would you say to Chad to help him out today from, uh, from Michigan? Go right ahead. Well, hi, Dr. Randy. First of all, thank you so much for your program. I've been a listener for over 30 years. Wow, so, terrific. Um, well, I would. what's the gentleman's name again? Chad. Chad, Chad, my advice to you is I was married for almost 30 years to a wonderful man, and I'm a widow, but I am remarried now, and I learned how to save with my husband, and the key is to respect each other's gifts and to listen to each other's gifts, and I, I would encourage your wife to appreciate your gift of saving. I learned it, and I am both a saver and a giver. My husband and I were able to tithe for many, many years. Mm. And I was able to take care of him because he was a quadriplegic from MS, and I had to pay for a lot of care for him. 
And I couldn't have done any of that if we hadn't become savers. And I have money in the bank for retirement. And I'm also a very generous giver. My church calls me frequently when they need (laughs) extra giving. So tell your wife, we can give more if you will trust me to save, because we can be even more generous to God's kingdom if you will allow us to become savers and givers. And you know, and the Bible teaches, uh, Mary Ellen, that parents should be saving up for themselves and not the children taking care of, of the parents. We see that in Scripture. So parents, yeah. pl- preparing for your own future is a wise thing. Now, let me ask you, you now your husband has passed, uh, your, your first husband, yeah. but if, if he had not been a saver and had sort of just turned it over, whatever you want to do, what do you think would have happened? Well, I probably wasn't just a giver. I, I also understood that saving was important. But I think what he taught me were certain principles to put into practice, such as uh, with my paycheck, I automatically had things put into savings, making it difficult to touch, so that that money I would just forget about. Mm. But he taught me certain principles of saving that made it easier to save. And... Um, I put those into practice. So he taught me a lot of things about how to save, and um, and I was willing to learn, um, and then not be so impulsive in my giving. To listen more to the Holy Spirit, and realize that you don't have to give to everyone. God will provide for people. You don't always have to be the one to to provide. Other people will provide. Mm-hmm. And so I think, but it, a lot of it has to do with respecting your spouse and their gifts. Yeah, it and, does. Yeah, And not only that, Mary Ellen, but coming to a, some goals that you want to set out together exactly. to say, here's what we're going to do. We have a program and then we follow it. Exactly. So we're not, re, you know, we're not responding just emotionally. All right, Mary Ellen, thank you for your call. Let's see what Valerie wants to share with Chad. Valerie, welcome to the program from Arizona. Go ahead. What's your comment? Hi, thank you for having me. Um, I'm a single parent, full-time single mom, so saving and having money to live on is extremely important, but I also like being able to help where I can help. So I've jumped on the bandwagon of online mobile banking. It's I've only been on this bandwagon for a few months now, but because I get direct deposit, it's really easy just on the morning that I get paid to immediately go into the account, stash my 10% away for my tithing, Mm. and stash 10% away for savings. Good. And then as I go through my week, whatever cash tips I get, then that's what I'm able to use to give when I see somebody in need. And I I kind of don't like just giving money to when I see panhandlers on the street, but I've had people come walking up to me that were hungry, and so I took them into a restaurant and bought them food, you know, being able to do things like that. That's um, good. Boy, so you've, got, you've got a great, a great heart, but you also have a great head. Valerie, and uh, one of the th- because you're using your head to say, I've got a plan. When I get paid, I'm going to electronically save 10%. I'm going to prefer tithing. I'm going to save, you know, for the future 10%, learn to live on that other 80%. And as I hear it, your tips and so on are used for special giving and so on. So you've got a plan, which is a head thing, 
But it allows you, what I hear you also have is an opportunity to express your heart. You take some of the, the tips and you have an opportunity to use that, but you're doing it with a plan. And I think that's so important. And it sounds like it's a plan that's been working for you for the last few months. Well, it only comes from listening to you. <laughs> well, listen, I th- thank you for, for sharing that, <laughs> Valerie. But uh, we, a plan is, you know, the idea of having a goal and following it is a God thing. Uh, you know, that's very clear. So we're glad to be a mouthpiece. So, so what are some of the goals you have for this new year? Um, well, I have almost enough saved up to where I can... Um, take half of it and invest in mutual funds and get that started rolling. Good. Um, continue to save and get a better house for my daughter and I. Good for you. So that's my goal, and I'm thanking God for introducing me to for the husband that's coming. <laughs> he, he hasn't showed up yet? No, he hasn't showed up yet. <laughs> So. <laughs> well, you're praying that he will, and when, when he does, your heart will be prepared. That's terrific. Thank you, Valerie. I appreciate your kind words about, uh, about intentional living as well. Well, thank you for having me, and thank you for what you taught me. Mm. Glad to do it. This is Intentional Living. Hey, did you know you're part of the family? Yeah, you. That's why you're listening right now. And here's a way you can really feel the familyness. Join Intentional Living on Facebook at facebook.com slash intentional living. Just click like and instantly you'll have more than 100,000 other family members, including Dr. Randy, ready to encourage you in your intentional life. You never know. God might use you to encourage someone else. So come on in. That's Intentional Living on Facebook at facebook.com slash intentional living. At the Intentional Love Marriage Date Night, you'll have a lot of fun. Hi, I'm Dr. Randy Carlson. Have you ever noticed that it's sometimes very difficult to feel intimate and close to your spouse? I will teach you the power of one thing that will change your relationship for the rest of your lives. Join Dr. Randy for the Intentional Love Marriage Date Night, Friday, March 1st at New Hope Church in East Lansing, and Saturday, March 2nd at the Auburn Hills Christian Center in Metro Detroit at 7 p.m. Register at theintentionallife.com. Yeah. That was a big promise. That spot reminds us at the upcoming Intentional Love Marriage Date Night that we're going to talk about the power of one thing. And I make that promise because I believe it. I've seen it in the lives of people. You know, we've had nearly 50,000 people who have been at our conferences over the last few years. And about 70 or 80% of them at the end of the evening walk out the door and say, I mean, they stand and say, hey, here's my one thing for my marriage. Things like, just for the next 30 days, I'm going to knock off the criticism. Or next 30 days, I'm going to pray for my spouse. Or next 30 days, I'm going to be a better listener. Or I'm going to get with my spouse and cooperate more and getting stuff done around the house. Whatever the one thing is, they walk out the door with that and with a one-thing wristband and a commitment for 30 days to one thing that may only take a few minutes every day, but they're committed to it. And that's the power of one thing. And so I hope you'll be there. Don't miss out. If you do, it might be the evening that God wanted to do something really powerful in your marriage or the marriage of someone you're going to bring with you. Get your tickets again, East Lansing on March the 1st, Friday night, and then in Auburn Hills, Metro Detroit on Saturday the 2nd. Tickets have been going really fast, and so I encourage you to get your tickets today. Go to theintentionallife.com, theintentionallife.com. You can order them there. They'll be ready to go. Uh, the Gold Circle usually sells out first. So I encourage you to uh, to go check it out today. 
theintentionallife.com. Hi, Dr. Randy. I have a problem with depression, and I don't know how to ask any, uh, anybody for help. You say, pray to God to ask, and he will help. Well, I pray to pray to pray, and it's like God doesn't answer my prayers at all. I don't know what to do. Depression is, over, is overtaking me. Um, I believe in God, but I don't believe that he wants to help me. Mm. Oh, boy. I wish I could talk to you live, Dee Dee. That was a comment left on our comment line. But if you're listening, Dee Dee, I would say this. When we talk about trusting God, praying and trusting God, that doesn't mean that we're in a cul-de-sac just going around in circles, just sitting and spinning our wheels. We trust God because ultimately we know there's a lot of things in life we have no control over. But if we're sick, we see a doctor. If we have a broken leg, we see a doctor. If we have a marriage problem, we get some help. Go to our pastor or counselor to work on our marriage. If we're discouraged, we find a friend to, to encourage. When we see a need, we fill it. We're not only heart people, but we're also hand people, that we're to, we're to be active and do things. And so my encouragement to you, D.D., if, if you're listening today, that we realize that if you're depressed, that can be a clinical problem. That can be a medical problem where there's help available. And so I would encourage you to start in the process of talking to your medical doctor, talking to a counselor, talking to your pastor, and find some people who are going to help you put a plan together. If, if we wake up one day and we realize that we are ill, yes, we pray and we ask God to touch our body and we ask him to heal. But we also are willing to go see the doctor to see if God is going to use that doctor to use that medicine as part of the process. He may or he may not. Uh, we're, we're not God. But uh, it, it becomes, uh, I think, um, nonproductive. It can become negative and, frankly, at times foolish for us not to uh, step out and, and ask for some help when we need it. All right, uh, can we go to uh, Samantha? I think Samantha's standing by in Michigan, uh, who's on the line. Go right ahead, Samantha. Um, actually, for the past couple of days, I've been struggling. I'm a single mom. Uh-huh. I have a five-year-old who is, has autism spectrum disorder. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I am the, the definition of prideful. I was raised by a single mom. We don't ask other people to help us. We're always able to help ourselves. And about a week ago now, I noticed that on my way to therapy for my son, he goes twice a week, my front tires were completely gone. The steel belts were showing everything. And I'm like, I don't, I didn't prepare for this. I didn't think, you know, oh, it's going to be almost wintertime in Michigan and my my tires are going to go bad. So... I'm trying to come up with solutions, trying to come up with solutions. And God was like, you know, you, need, you really need to let this out. You, you, there's somebody that can help you. And I'm, I always keep everything in. Um, so I put it on Facebook, and a couple days went by, and nothing happened. And I was like, you know what? It's okay. I kept praying about it and praying about it and praying about it. And um, a couple of my friends started looking for tires, nothing. And then this morning I was at work, and... Um, the Spirit just spoke to me and it said, you know, God said, give everything unto the Lord, all of your worries, doubts, and fears, because they don't serve you. And about half an hour later, I got a message and somebody was paying the entire amount for my tires to be done. There you go. Amen. How does that feel? I just, I just realized I needed to humble myself so other people can lift me when I can't mm. lift myself. 
Mm. Oh, thank you, Samantha. Maybe it's tough for you to ask for help. You know, we're we're a self-sufficient group here in this country, aren't we? Even the Lone Ranger had Tano, but uh, we focus on the Lone Ranger type approach to life. And, and for some of us, come on now, it's hard for us to ask for help. I think Bob wants to weigh in on that same topic uh, from Michigan with a comment. So, Bob, welcome. Appreciate your call on that. Go right ahead. Yeah, you know, um, over my entire life, I guess, humbly, I say God's been giving me the gift of a giver. But that also comes with not wanting to ask for help. Always feeling as if, um, you know, I wasn't really at the bottom and I had more than somebody else. And I'm 52, so it's taken my some years to come to the realization that you will get to a point where you need to ask for help. You might be going through a trial, but God will help you at any time, but he wants you to ask for help. Are you doing it? Yeah, it, I won't say it's easy. The, the transition's been good because it, it, it gives you hope you didn't have even when you're an optimistic person. To let somebody help you is a true blessing. And then thinking the other side of that, of how blessed you are when you help others. If you let somebody help you, they're going to get a blessing out of that also. So you don't want to shortchange anybody else either. Hmm, that's true. Hey, listen, appreciate that, Bob. Uh, asking for help can be a difficult thing. One of the things about intentional living is to, if you need help to ask for it. If you're not intentional in the process of doing that, it isn't going to happen. Because the fact is most people just don't say, hey, can I help you unless they sense that there's a need. But here's a, a truth. There are people standing in your world right now who are more than willing to help you if you ask for help. It's part of the, I think, part of the human condition that when someone asks for help, there are many people who are willing and able and capable of stepping up and, and helping out. Very powerful. Attentional living, what do you think about that? 888 We're all here to help you have a great year living intentionally. Just this weekend, my husband and I watched the Intentional Living Marriage Conference on DVD. And I married my husband eight years ago, and he's my third husband. And we were quite shocked to find out the statistic on the survival of a third marriage. But my husband and I made a promise to each other before we got married that divorce was not an option. And when Dr. Carlson had talked about heart, hands, and head, my husband is a hands person. I am a heart person. And we have clashed a lot in that area. And upon watching this, we figured out that my feelings were being hurt so much because he was so concerned about using his hands, about getting things done around here that he felt needed to be done to provide for his family. And I felt like he had forgotten about how to care about me. And just for that two days that we took watching that conference, my grandchildren had went for a visitation with their mother, and we picked them up, and we were leaving at a store, and the 11-year-old granddaughter said, what's going on with you guys? Something's different. It seems like you guys have been kind of arguing a little bit back and forth quite a bit lately, and now you guys seem like you're just so happy with each other. My husband, and being a heart person, <laughs> I'm about to cry saying this, but he opened the car door for me for the first time in probably about six years. And those were the things that made me fall in love with him. You know, he was a gentleman, and he's a good man.
This is Intentional Living with your host, Dr. Randy Carlson. Intentional Living is furnished by Parent Talk Incorporated and is made possible by the generous support of our listeners just like you. This program is not a substitute for professional counseling, medical, financial, or legal advice. Intentional Living is not intended to be therapy by radio, but it is intended to help you live an intentional life in Jesus Christ. Instead of taking it into my own hands, I prayed and trusted that God would work out the whole situation. Andrea's intentional one thing, praying for a difficult coworker, brought about unexpected results. She was like a mean girl at school, but it was just at work. Even when you did things right, it was still wrong. And it's kind of insulting. When they comments, just me. And so I began to pray. I prayed for her. I prayed for myself also. Like a couple of weeks later, I went into work and she came around the corner and she said hi Andrea how are you and then I turned to her and I said hi how are you and from that point on we had become great friends eating lunch together she even came to our church a few times and from this point on we are dear friends one thing you can do to overcome a challenging person is to pray and leave the results in God's hands take the intentional one thing challenge and discover the one thing you can do to begin living intentionally Visit TheIntentionalLife.com slash one thing. My name is Andrea, and this is my intentional life. Hey, listen, Andrea, we're going to put you on the road because you're a spokesman for what the power of one thing is all about with intentional living. Wouldn't we be better off in this country, in this world, if people could connect with other people? And for those of us who are Christians, people of faith, we'd begin with the power of prayer. Wow, that is a great testimony. Speaking of prayer... We have a brand new exclusive prayer journal that we've made available just these last few days of January uh, for all of our intentional living listeners. As you share your best love gift to help us carry on, whatever God lays on your heart, I want to challenge you, some of you to join us monthly because we're opening up something really exciting starting in February here at the end of the month into next month. All of the teaching from Intentional Living over the last several years is going to be in an archives and available on demand to our monthly support family. And it's um, going to be our way of saying thank you for your ongoing support. So join us. Just go to theintentionallife.com or during West Coast Business Hours. Give us a call at 888-888-1717 and press number two. God bless you. Thank you for your support. smoking by the help of the Lord. I once quit before, quit for almost two years. I was a little stressed out, picked up the cigarette again, knew it was wrong, but did it anyway. Um, And battled back and forth, patches, doing this, doing that, but my heart was never into it. But when I finally prayed about it, and I said, Lord, I said, make me whole. I want to be, I want my body to be in line with your word and not be able to have anyone say, oh, She's a hypocrite because of. Um, I prayed that way, and then um, the next morning, I, I kind of forgot I even smoked. It was a blessing, and God just really just took that craving, that urge, that desire, that everything away. So if He can do that for smoking, for everyone listening, who are we to say what He can't do, big, small? Uh, it doesn't matter. I mean, if He cared enough about my cravings, if He cared enough about my lungs, how much more does He care about Amen to that. That's great. Thank you. Let's go to Sonia in Kansas uh, with a 
I think a comment. Go right ahead, Sonia. Yeah, I think it all started when I was a child. Um, it seemed like I was put in a position where I was the first, and I ended up having more responsibility than a normal child. And uh, really, my parents were really there at home to uh, give me that type of um, guidance, so I ended up doing things a lot more. So you became overly responsible. Yes, and I think it hurt me because now that I'm a parent and I have a husband that's gone all the time, I'm now put in that role of having to take on more than what I need to, and then I get overwhelmed and stressed, and then I feel guilty because I'm like, wow, you know, I'm so used to doing everything, and then when I ask for help, I get, oh, well, I'm busy, da 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 and then it's something, and then I just let it go, and then I get upset when I... Why does anybody ever come to offer to help me? And then one thing that my husband tells me is, we need to move to around family, and then you'll get more help. And then I'm like, well, why don't they call? You know, do something to show that they care. You know, I don't know if this sounds weird, and I know this is an odd subject, but I just tend to be the people pleaser, and then I get upset when no one else offers. And then when I do ask, then I end up wanting to just take over and say, never mind, I'll do it myself because you're just not going to do it right. <laughs> and I don't know how to get over that. <laughs> I don't know if it's a pride thing. Oh, hey, listen, I, I'm chuckling with you, not at you, because uh, I think if some of us get into that kind of a cycle where we have an expectation, we do something, then we're going to get a pat on the back. We may not feel it or say it, but, you know, it, it, we're not happy if we do something to help and then that we don't get acknowledgement, and then yet we feel responsible to jump in and so on. And it gets to be a cycle that can be vicious, as some people say, right, going around and around. Uh, you're halfway there. Uh, I, I guess I would say to, to you, Sonia, that uh, the the fact that you're already around second or third base, you're aware of it, you see the pattern, and ask yourself, what one thing could you do over these next 30 days to break that pattern? In other words, break into that cycle and stop it. For, for instance, let's say when you see a need, instead of just jumping in and just saying, hey, I've got to do something, to back off and ask yourself the question, what's my motivation for doing this? Why am I doing this? How can I help them? Am I the only one or am I the best one to help them? Do they even want my help? Uh, in other words, or whatever question it is that helps you stop and be very clear on the reason why you're doing it and the purpose on doing it. And what is my expectation after I've done it? And wherever the cycle is in that circle that you break in, change your thinking, change your behavior. That might be your one thing. Uh, try it. I'd love to hear how it, uh, how it makes a difference for you. Okay? All right. We're thinking from intentional living today, and we've had a lot of interesting calls starting with Chad and the, he and his wife not being on the same page with money. We've talked about marriage relationships, talked about personal development. Intentional living is... Facing uh, focuses on all the areas of your life. It's not just one area. It's not just money or it's not just your health or just your work. When we think intentionally, when we do the next right one thing, when we set a one thing for every day in our life, for the most important thing for that day, we begin the process of being intentional. Join us on Facebook. We have daily help for you there at Facebook slash Intentional Living. Lots at our website, theintentionallife.com. All of this made possible by our members and those in support of the ministry. God bless you, and we'll see you next time from Intentional Living.